Welcome to the podcast of Faith Forward Church of Atlanta with Pastor Jonathan Richardson. Our current series on God's plan is designed to help you identify and walk in the purpose on your life. Stay tuned for today's message entitled, Seeing the Big Picture. I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Somebody say eyes and say enlightened. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope. Somebody declare it. I've got hope. Say it like you got it. I got hope. The hope to which he has called you. That preached by itself. Tell the Lord, tell somebody there's a calling on my life. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as this, as the mighty strength. It's cut off because there's another sentence after that. But I want to give you this thought today. Declare it by faith. I'm seeing the big picture. Come on, tell somebody next to you, you're about to see the big picture. Yeah, you about it's about to make sense right now. You're about to see the big picture. Can you say it? Glory to God. Give this praise team just some, a holy hand clap. Glory to God. They said an atmosphere. Their spirit is moving in here. Hallelujah. We praise all by ourselves. We don't wait till y'all show up. Hallelujah. We already in it. Thank God for that. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Emmanuel. We're seeing the big picture. As we continue to talk about Purpose Church, one of the things I want you to realize is that you will walk out God's purpose for your life, Regina, but purpose is a progressive journey. Somebody declare it's a progressive journey. Purpose is a progressive journey. And what I'm meaning by that, Nicola, is that we don't understand the totality of our purpose before we begin. No, we understand purpose as we take steps in the direction that God is leading us. Is that all right today? I like to say it like this, that we don't necessarily always know our purpose, but rather we discover our purpose. That you don't really know all of what God has for you, but through the ups and downs, the ebb and flow of life, you begin to discover what it is that God has created you to do. And what I want to suggest to somebody is that sometimes, if you're honest, it's very hard to see the purpose in what you're going through. You ain't going to say nothing because you've never asked God, why am I going through what I'm going through? Sometimes in life, it's difficult to see the purpose in what you're going through. When the struggles are real, when the bills are due, when, when you've got problems in your home, when there's issues on your job, it becomes problematic and difficult for you to see beyond the challenges of your day to watch this, the purpose that God has in them. I want to help somebody today because I am a firm believer that no experience is wasted. 
I'm a firm believer that everything that you go through, God has a way of orchestrating and designing that so that you can ultimately, Nicola, fulfill the purpose of God for your life. So even the most traumatic or worst experience in your life, God can still reveal purpose. Can you say amen? That even the most difficult thing you could imagine, God can still reveal purpose. And one of the challenges for us is that one person said it like this. It's a quote I like that it's sometimes hard to see the big picture when you're in the frame preacher what do you mean by that i'm trying to suggest that it's difficult uh coleman for you to see the whole picture of everything when you're in the frame when you have a a one-dimensional view of what it is that you are believing god for but if you could take a step back from where you are what i believe that the lord is going to do for you today Kidon, is he's going to show you the big picture He's going to change the way you look at things and change your perspective. And that's what I really uh, hope to do today. I'm going to teach and then I'll preach for a little bit. But that's what I want to help somebody do today. I want to help somebody see the big picture. I, I want to help somebody see beyond the problem you're facing. I want to help somebody see beyond the bill you can't pay. I want to help somebody see beyond the doctor's report. I want to help somebody see beyond where you are. Because if you always look at life at where you are, you will never see where you're going to be tomorrow. I wish I had somebody. Touch your neighbor real quick. Wake them up. They still full. And tell your neighbor, neighbor, I see you in your future and you look better already. I can't hear nobody. Come on, tell them they ain't woke up from Thanksgiving. Tell your neighbor you look better in your future and I can see it already. And the reason I believe that you look better is because you're going to see the big picture. Tell somebody, I wish you could see what I see. Come on, look at them and tell them, I wish you could see what I see, and I want somebody to understand today that God is working out his plan in your life. And this is my whole thesis, that to see God's plan and purpose revealed, we have to see the bigger picture of what God is doing in our life. You've got to see beyond where you are. You've got to see beyond what you're going through. And here it is, church. You can't feel defeated and discouraged because you don't look at life through the lens of your problem. You've got to look at life through the lens of your purpose. Because if you're looking at your life through the lens of your problem, your vision will always be distorted. If you're looking at life through the lens of your pain, your vision will always be distorted. But the challenge, Nicola, is to not look at life through the lens of our problem, not look at life through the lens of our pain, but to look at life through the lens of our purpose. On the way over here today, I believe the Lord has my car in the shop just for this very reason. I took a lift to church and the woman told me all about her life. I mean, I knew her whole life story. I mean, it's about a 25-minute drive from Gwinnett to Marietta. We know, we talked about everything, Mark, and I just kept it calm, cool, and collected. She said, now where am I taking you? I said, you're taking me to church. She says, okay you're going to church I said yeah I'm the pastor she says you the pastor I can't hear nobody in here I said yeah you're taking the pastor to church she said well I used to be in church and I used to pray and I used to intercede and something happened to me and I came out of church I used to pray in the Holy Ghost I said for real she said yeah I'm an intercessor I did battle in the spirit I said well I don't believe this is by accident I don't believe that God wastes any experience and I told a Coleman that I think the Lord had my car in the shop just so that we could cross paths today and that you could be in 
purpose. And she said, you know what? I know God did this because I've been praying, asking God. I said, can I pray for you? I pray for the lady. She's speaking in tongues. She crying and snotting. And I say, well, you know what? I believe that God had a reason for this. And you didn't know this morning that when you woke up, you was going to pick the pastor up. I can't hit nobody from 5510 and Gwinnett and take him to 403 and, and Marietta. But can you tell your neighbor, God knows your purpose. God has purpose in you. So this is what I want to do today, church. I want to help somebody, and I want to give you three things that my prayer is will help you to see the bigger picture. And number one, if you're going to see the bigger picture, you have to pray for a change in your perspective. Notice that to see beyond the bigger picture, you have to pray for a change in your perspective. And here's my personal belief, church. I believe that your perspective can't change until it is challenged. That's why I love uh, uh, my wife and my sister because they challenge my perspective. I mean, I mean, they smarter than me. Their IQ is, is higher than mine. I mean, I am better because of them. And you need to understand that you need people in your life that will challenge your perspective. And here's the beauty of it, church, is that sometimes in your life, what you need to understand is that prayer will help you see things the way God sees them. Can I tell you that the word of God will challenge your perspective? That the truth of the word of the Lord will challenge your perspective. And one of the things that keeps us from seeing things the way God sees them is because we have not invested the time to pray so that God can enlighten us to the purpose that he has for our lives. Even now, I, I wish you would go home this week and say, God, I'm praying for my purpose. God, God, I'm praying that you would reveal to me why I have this, what I should be doing. And understand this, church, that I believe that for some of you, this is the season of your life where the Lord is going to challenge your perspective. You ain't going to say amen because you don't need to change nothing. It's cool. I, I, I believe this is the season of your life where the Lord is going to challenge, Connie, your perspective. Because what the Lord is saying is you're looking at things from a man, fleshly point of view. But what I've got to do to get you in purpose is I've got to challenge your flesh so you can now see in the spirit. And I know I'm talking to your neighbor. I ain't talking to you because you don't need no challenging in your flesh. Hallelujah. But I can tell I'm talking to your neighbor already because the truth of the matter is your neighbor be seeing in the flesh more than they see in the spirit it's okay you ain't gonna say nothing and the challenge becomes church how do we get to the place where we understand that we have to pray for a change in our perspective that's what the book of Ephesians is all about let me give you some context Paul is talking to the book uh, uh, to the church at Ephesus and Paul uh, knowing that they are a new church is a young church he's trying to help them understand the whole purpose Kedon of the book of Ephesians is that Christ is supreme that's the whole purpose of the book of Ephesians is to let you know that Christ is the head and Christ is supreme and watch this Christ Nicola is the orchestrator of your purpose and here it is they have a hard time as a young church seeing their purpose because they haven't put Christ as the head. Can I come on your street real quick, preach to you, and let you know that whenever you don't put Christ as the head, your purpose will be blurry. Come on, talk back to me. That whenever Christ is not going ahead of you, 
you will see your purpose through vision that is not godly. Come on, say amen today. That when Christ ain't the head of your life, when Christ ain't the head of your home, when Christ ain't the head of your finances, you will come to a place in your life where now you are no longer viewing your life as Christ is head, but your purpose has become what you think it should be. Now, if you like the pastor, you know what it's like to be in your own way. You can't say amen. It's cool. It's cool. If you're like the pastor, you know what it's like to say, I've been in my own way. I've been in my own thoughts. And I've been in what I thought I should do. But I come to a place, church, where I realize that if Christ ain't the head, then this ain't God. I can't hear nobody. Talk back to me. If Christ ain't going before me, then this ain't the Lord. And I need to line myself up with where God is. Somebody declare it. Change your perspective. And one of the challenges, church, why I believe it's hard to do this is because it's what I like to call, I say we are spiritually nearsighted. Preacher, what do you mean by being spiritually nearsighted? I'm suggesting that you can only see close up. That you have a very difficult time in the spirit seeing further away. But that's why I believe Paul comes to the Ephesians church and he says it like this. He says, I pray. That the eyes, watch this church, of your heart. You know, you, I got to come back to it. He prayed that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Preacher, what are you trying to suggest? I'm trying to suggest that there is a connection between your vision and your heart. You ain't saying nothing to me. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart be enlightened. In other words, my prayer for you is that you can see what the Lord sees. And the challenge becomes, church, is that at the root of it, it is not a perception issue. It's a heart issue. It's okay. It's really not a problem with you not being able to see God. The problem is your heart don't want to see God. You ain't saying nothing to me. It's all right. You know, Pastor been on, on some other stuff lately. I hope you can roll with me. All right? We're going to grow. Amen? The, the, the issue is that you... you it's not that you can't see what God is doing. It's that your heart don't want to accept it. And I'm trying to help somebody today because that's what Paul is saying, Ketan and Ephesus. He's saying, look, I'm not praying that you get a new car. I'm not praying, Regina, that you get a new house. I'm praying that the eyes of your heart be enlightened. I, I'm praying that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Watch this so you will know the hope. That I've called you to. Can I tell you what happens, Nicola? When you begin to see God in the big picture, you got more hope. I wish I had somebody. Can I tell you what happens when you begin to see God in the scheme of everything in your life? You ain't as sad as you were. Come on, talk to me. You ain't as depressed as you were. You ain't worried about what you don't got, what you don't have. No, because you got hope. Why? Because now the eyes of your heart can see purpose. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart being light. And I think it's powerful because many of us, if we're honest, we are spiritually nearsighted at times. And the only thing that can help us not be spiritually nearsighted is to have a spiritual enlightenment of what the Lord is doing in the future. You know, Sharon needs to help me with this because at my job, when, when I was working full time, I used to look at the computer screen all day. I would stare at the computer screen all day and it would have an impact on my vision. And I would have a church, what I like to call bad eye days. Y'all not talking to me. You know how you say bad hair days? Okay, well, I came up with the term bad eye days. Amen. I would have bad eye days. And at my bad eye days, I would notice that for some reason, Alicia, everything was blurry. It was hard to see 
and I was straining my vision. Then Sharonda helped me. She said, see, what you've got to do is you can't look so close at your computer. But what you've got to do is step back, look off in the distance, and then come back and look at the computer screen again. And what she said was, what this does is it naturally refocuses your vision. I wish I had a church that would help me preach. But what I want to help somebody understand is that sometimes, if you're honest, we all have spiritually bad eye days. And what that will do to you is it will cause you to look at everything close up. But what the Holy Ghost is trying to tell somebody is that if you're going to see purpose, you got to step back. you got to look off into the future of what God is going to do, how God is going to move, how God is going to bless it. I got to preach because you're hungry and you're sleeping. How God is going to make your marriage better. How God is going to help your money grow. How God is going to put your children through school. You got to look at the future about how God is going to fix it. And then you can come back to where you are and say, now I can see clearly. Now what's in front of me, don't stress me, but I can see further ahead. Tap your neighbor and say, neighbor, I rebuke spiritual bad eye days. I can't hear nobody. Come on. I rebuke it, and now you're going to see better. Say, look, you got to look beyond because it changes your perspective. Can I tell you, church, why I really believe that stuff don't bother me like it used to bother me? Because I got a better perspective. Can you say amen? I mean, people ask me this all the time. Why are you? You're just always in just a good mood, which ain't true. They see me outside the house. Amen. Amen. They see me outside the house. Like, well, well, the truth of the matter is, you know, truth be told, I can see beyond the here and now. And I refuse to let my today blind me of my tomorrow. And somebody needs to understand this, that at the end of the day, the only way that you deal with the heart issue is through prayer. That's really what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, I pray that the eyes of your heart be enlightened. And the only way you begin to deal with the issue in your heart is through praying that God reveal to you what God wants you to see. Do it right now. Can you make a prophetic gesture and lay your hand on your heart and declare it by faith? Lord, I want to see it how you see it. Come on, say it till you feel better. Come on, declare it by faith. Lord, I declare I will see it how you see it. I will not be in my own vision. I will not be in my own way. But God, I want to see how you see. I want to go where you go. I pray right now that the eyes of my heart are enlightening. I'm not praying for more money. I'm not praying for more of this. But God, I'm praying that my eyes are open. Somebody say hallelujah, my eyes are open. Listen, he says pray that the eyes of your heart are open. Here it is. I declare to you that you're about to have a spiritual awakening. You ain't said nothing to me. I want to speak it in your life that you are about to have, thank you God, I felt that right there, a spiritual awakening awakening moment oh come on in here Uh, the lord says that you won't be blind anymore i can't hear nobody i feel them right there the the lord says that you will oh there it is that you will no longer be blind to my purpose in your life there it is and you gonna see that even in your sickness i'm working out a miracle i can't there it is i have somebody receive that oh i'm talking better than you responding to me oh i come to tell somebody that the lord says even in your bad money problems you're going to see how I'm going to make you a tither. I can't hit nobody in here. And what the Lord, give me a mic. And what the Lord says is that 
what you about to do is you about to see me in every detail of your life and you're not going to stress. Come on, talk to me. You're not going to be depressed no more because even in your marriage problem, I'm going to show you how to love better. I can't hit nobody in here. That even in your money problem, I'm going to make you a better steward. That even in the problem that you're going with, I'm going to shift your life in such a way and I declare to you that you are about to have a spiritual awakening. You are about to see the hand of God in everything that you do and in every place that you go. You are about to see what God is doing to relieve you from the veil. I can't hit nobody that has been blinding you to what God is doing and has making you doubt yourself, doubt your God and doubt everything around you. I declare it over your life that the veil is removed. Come on, open your mouth and pray it over your life. God, I declare that you're removing the veil. I can't hit nobody in here. Lord, I declare that you are removing the blindness from me. Hey, and now that I can see better, I won't be in blindness now that I can see better. I will have a better perception. Somebody clap your hands and shout hallelujah. The only way to deal with a heart issue is through prayer. That's the challenge, church, that sometimes you got to be honest with your heart issues. And you got to say, Lord, help me to deal with this. Because watch this, church. If you deal with your heart, God will show you a bigger picture. You're not going to say amen. It's all right. If you deal with your heart, God will show you more beyond where you are. And you can get out of what you want and what God's purpose is. Can I help you that, number one, not only do you have to pray to see a bigger picture, but number two, you've got to humble yourself to see bigger picture. Let me help you today. Notice that you've got to not just pray, but humble yourself. And you know, one thing I've learned, church, that will hinder God's plan or to, or try to hinder, because nothing of God's plan can be hindered. Try to hinder God's plan in your life is refusing to see things the way God sees them because you become, watch this church, blinded by pride. Say amen today. That the challenge with seeing God's plan is your pride makes you blinded to what his will is. Now, I'm probably just preaching to myself because I, I, I will admit that I got a lot of, uh, I call it confidence, amen, that, that, that at sometimes if I'm not careful, my confidence will turn into pride. Talk to me. And I can almost feel this in the house today that sometimes what's making your situation worse than it has to be is pride. You ain't going to say amen today. And what I want someone to understand is that if you really going to be in purpose, that there's going to have to be a humility that puts you, church, in the posture to receive the purpose of God. Can I give you some context? Of the text. This is the book of Job. And, and understand that, that, that Job had lost everything. The Bible records that Job lost his house. He lost his children. He lost all his possessions. Job lost everything. And I'm sure Job could have been asking God, what is your plan? 
God, your plan don't make sense. Have you ever felt that? Come on. Come on. Your plan really don't make sense. I done lost stuff. Come on. I done got stuff taken from me. I can't get that. Come on. Uh, your plan, God, don't make sense. You told me to get married. I tried to do it the right way. And now it look like things ain't working how I thought they would. Say amen. I tried to do things the way your word said. And now, what is your plan? And here it is. Job would say, I know that you can do all things and no plan of yours can be thwarted. I got to give it to you. I pray it blessed you like it blessed me. Understand, you got to read the first uh, uh, chapters before it. Job had been complaining to God. Job had been telling God, your plan don't make sense. And if you want to be honest, Job probably had a right to complain. Come on, say amen. He probably, he, he probably wasn't feeling it. Come on. Job said, I done lost everything. And what you are doing makes no sense. And I know I'm preaching to myself, but somebody has probably been frustrated and confused by what seems to be the plan of God. <laughs> say amen. I know you ain't going to say amen because you can see everything. You're so prophetic. You know everything God about to do. Come on, talk to me. Come on. Some of you have been confused with the plan of God. But notice, church, it's really a humbling moment. It's a humbling moment when you get to the place where you realize that as gifted as you are, as anointed as you are, as called of God as you are, you can't get out of God's plan. I mean, it's a really humbling moment. I mean, you, you, you can tell me how many Sundays I want to show up. You can tell me how many times I don't feel like praying. It's really a humbling moment when the Lord say in your prayer time, submit. Can't hear nobody. It's, it's really a humbling moment when the Lord says, now, no, you're going to do what I told you to do. It's a humbling moment. But notice what it does, church, is it puts you in purpose. It's a humbling moment. And this is where Job was. And Job comes to God, church, and he says, God, I got a problem with you. I got an issue with you, God, because what you're doing don't make sense. And I love how God comes back to Job and, and, and Job says, uh, God says to Job, who is this that questions me without knowledge? I really wish I go back and read Job 38 through 42. It'll bless you. He, Job comes, God comes back to Job and says, who is this that questions me? without knowledge. In other words, who are you to question the infinite mind of God and the purpose of God? And I love how God responds to Job. Church, it blessed my soul. God comes back to Job and he says, Job, since you know so much, can you tell me where were you when I created the foundations of the world? Now that's good Baptist preaching. Y'all ain't ready, so I'm going to just calm down because that helps me that helps me real good right there. He, said, he says, Job, tell me, tell me, Job, since you got all these questions from me. He says, uh, uh, Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Okay, Job, no answer. All right, let me try another one. Okay, Job, I got another question. Since you know so much, who determined the measurements of the universe? Y'all ain't ready for good preaching. It's cool. He said, Job, Job, since, since you got so many answers, I'll give you another one. Somebody say, God was just shady, shade, shade on Job. Shady God, shady God. He said, Job, since you got so many answers, who tells the east wind when to blow? You know, this will help your heart if you really read the Bible sometimes. It really will help your heart if you read it. 
He, he, he said, Job, tell me who tells the east wind to blow? Job, you ain't got no answer. Let me try another one. Have you commanded the morning since your days began? <laughs> this ain't blessing you like you're touching me. I'm like, God, you are for real, ain't you? <laughs> he says, now, Job, have, have you commanded the morning since your days began? Okay, try another one, Job. Can you command the sun to stand in place? Job, since you want to question my purpose, oh, God, let me help you with another one. He says, Job, <laughs> can you send forth the lightning? Read the Bible, church. He says, Job, can you send forth the lightning so that they may come to you and say, here we are. Shout. He says, Job, who can tell the antelope where to graze? I could give you all this, but I got to pause because I want to give somebody the point. Because here's the whole point. Job questions God. And Job questions God's purpose. And God shuts Job down in five words. I'm God and you're not. You ain't going to shout. Can I talk to somebody and release you from that stress and, and release you from that thing you holding on to? He's God and you not. Come on, tell your neighbor. Come on, come on, tell your neighbor. Neighbor, get out your feelings. Come on, tell, come on, talk to them because they ain't know where I was going with that. Come on, tell your neighbor and say, neighbor, get out your feelings. Come on, come on, tell your neighbor since you can't command the lightning. Hallelujah. Since you can't tell where the sun to stand in place. Since you can't tell the antelope where to graze. I can't hear nobody. Since you can't command the east wind to blow. Since you can't tell the lightning to come and say, here we are. Can you just release yourself from the pressure of trying to figure it out all on your own and tell your neighbor that he's God and you're not and that ain't no reason to get mad that ain't no reason to get upset but for somebody that is a reason to rejoice because when I don't know what's going on he's God and I'm not I can't hear nobody in here when I don't know how to pay my bill He's God, and I'm not. I'm so glad about it that whenever I'm stressed, and whenever I'm weary, and whenever I'm tired, I can just come to my Bible and look at the God that put the stars in place, the moon to rotate around the earth, and the earth to rotate around the sun, and said, I am the God of the universe. And the good news here is that you can rest assured that you got peace you can have provision and you can know who God is because he's God and I'm not can you preach to your neighbor and say neighbor humble yourself I can't hear nobody in here can you preach to your neighbor and say sit down and be humble because he's God and you're not and because God is God I'ma just let God do his job and I'ma do my job and preacher what is my job well the bible said to let everything 
Y'all ain't ready. I said to let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. That's my job. To give them praise. That's my job. To give them glory. That's my job. To give them honor. Because he's God. And I'm not. Somebody clap your hand and shout hallelujah. He's God. And I'm not. Host. That's why I humble myself. I wish I had a church. I'm trying to slip away. But the book of Job done blessed me. Oh, come on today. There's a level. Oh, I'm going back to that. Have you told the lightning to come and say, here we are? I can't hit nobody. Oh, you ain't ready. Can you can you tell God how to do God's job? Have you commanded the morning since your days begin? Come on, talk to me. That's why. You got to humble yourself to be in purpose. And there's a level of humility that comes to walking in God's purpose. I'm trying to tell you what I'm living. There's a level of humility that comes with saying, God, before the day starts, you God. When I'm mad, you still God. When I don't want to fast, I turn my plate down because you God. There's a level of humility that puts you in purpose in the plan of God. Let me, let me help somebody today. This is why Job begins to say, he says, God, after all that, after what you just told me, I know that you can do all things. And nothing that you put in place can be thwarted. Lift your hands right here. I declare over your life that what God has for you is for you. Come on, declare, come on, receive it. I declare over your life that that's the God you serve. And since and since that's the God you serve, nothing he said can't come to pass. God is sovereign unless he choose not to be sovereign. He's God until he say, I don't want to be God no more. And he's always going to be God. And because he's God, everything he has for you is already done. Somebody clap your hand and shout hallelujah. It's already done. Oh, he says, no plan of yours can be thwarted. That's why First Peter says it like this. It says, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Watch this. That he may exalt you. You know, the Bible is real good on flipping the script. He says, if you want to be great, serve. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if you got a neighbor that slap you, turn the other cheek. Yeah, yeah. He, he says, if, if you want me, seek first the kingdom. The Lord flipped the script. And he says, if you want to be exalted, humble yourself. Wish I had a church here. Because the truth is, Nicola, in this next season, God about to elevate you. And the reason God about to elevate you is because you've humbled yourself. Come on, talk to me. And the Spirit of the Lord says, now you're ready. And that everything you went through was just to get you into the place of submission. And now that you have humbled yourself, you have been qualified for elevation. Can you talk to your neighbor real quick and tell them, neighbor, I think you about to qualify. And the reason you about to qualify is because you are humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. 
I am declaring over your life that it might be due time that you've been crying, that you've been praying, and you've been fasting. But look at your neighbor and say, it's due season. I can't hit nobody in here. Come on, declare it by faith and prophesy over your neighbor's life and say, neighbor, since we are in purpose, since God is our God, since we worship God of heaven and the God of earth, I just believe that for all I've been through, for all my crying, for all my tears, for all my fasting, it's due season. I can't hit nobody, but declare it over your life and say due season, due season, it's due season. And the reason it's due season is because I'm humbling myself. I'm putting myself down. I'm getting on my faith. I'm laying prostrate. I'm praying and fasting. And I'm putting God first and me last because he's God and I'm not. And I'm humbling myself because now I'm ready to walk in purpose because now I'm ready to go to another level. And I just believe that due season, I said due season, I said due season is on the way. Somebody clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Do season. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. So that he can whew, exalt you. And watch this church. I've learned that when you humble yourself, you can see the big picture. Yeah. That's what's standing in the way of you and seeing what the Lord is doing. It's humility. Say amen. It's humility. That is what shows you what God had to show Job. That I'm so big. Your purpose is in my hand. Hallelujah. Declare by faith God's purpose. Or rather my purpose is in God's hand. Come on. Come on, say it till your heart believes it. Because some of you wrestling in here because you're still mad at God. Declare it by faith. My purpose is in God's plan. I'm, I'm going to break that in your spirit. Because you upset your purpose is in God's hand. Number one, you got to pray to see the big picture. Number two, you got to humble yourself to see the big picture. But number three, you got to ask for God's correction. To see the big picture. Let me help you. We might preach for a little bit today. Y'all look like you're ready now. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, the Bible says that Jesus saw a blind man. And notice one thing I want to help illustrate in this text today is that sometimes seeing a bigger picture is a matter of asking God to correct our perspective. Can you say amen? Now, you're not going to shout over that, but truthfully, there are people in your life that are struggling unnecessarily because they want to act like they got all the answers. Amen today? And they don't want to admit that sometimes their perspective needs correcting. Say, man, say, I know somebody like that. I know somebody like that. But the good news is, is that when you can't see clearly, it is your relationship with Christ that 
watch this, progressively corrects your vision. I was looking this up last night about 12 o'clock, and I came across something that are called progressive corrective lenses. These are glasses. They're called progressive corrective lenses. And what progressive corrective lenses are meant to do is they are meant to help you see better in stages. It's all right. They corrective progressive lenses, Nicola, are designed to help your vision actually get stronger. But watch this for a person to get progressive corrective lenses. They have to admit that their vision. Okay, I'm preaching to myself. I'm preaching to myself. You got to admit sometimes that your vision needs correcting. But the, the blessing in the text that I'm going to read to you is that Jesus serves as someone who progressively corrects this man's vision. Can I help you today? The Bible says that there was a blind man in Bethsaida. And some people brought the blind man to Jesus and he touched him. And notice, church, that the Bible says that this man obviously can't see. And Jesus corrects his vision. But notice the first thing Jesus does before he corrects him. The first thing Jesus does is he takes him outside of the city. You ain't going to help me preach. I got to preach by myself. It's all right. Preacher, why would Jesus have to take him outside of the city? Well, the reason Jesus would have to take him outside of the city is because all the people in the city knew him as the man they can't see. All the people knew him as the man that couldn't see and in order for the Lord watch this to help your vision church he got to remove you from some environments you ain't gonna preach to me so I'm gonna preach to you can you talk to your neighbor and say neighbor the reason God is changing your environment is because if you stay there you ain't gonna see straight I can't hit nobody in here the reason that God is changing your circle changing your job changing your living situation is because as long as you stay there you will remain blind but sometimes so I can correct your vision I've got to remove you from your environment and I've got to place you in a place where they don't nobody know you won't nobody judge you ain't nobody talking about who you used to sleep with I can't hear nobody in here but what I'm doing is I'm taking you from that place so that God can correct you in private I wish I had somebody in here because you mad about what God is doing but God is trying to tell you that I ain't gonna fix the problem in public what I'm about to do is I'm gonna fix the problem in private so that by the time you come back they gonna say what happened to you I can't tell you what happened to me but I left this job I left this house I left where you were and all I know is I can see now I can't hear nobody in here but can you look at your neighbor and say neighbor God about to correct your problem in private that's why you got to delete some numbers that's why you can't call all your family because this is an AB conversation and since it's an AB conversation they can see their way out because God Y'all ain't ready for no preaching. It's changing my environment. So notice, to correct him, not only does he take him outside. I love preaching, y'all. I promise you I love preaching. You know, that's something you were created to do. This is mine. Hallelujah. All right. 
God will take you out of the city. Amen. But notice the next thing, Alicia, in the text. The next thing says, when he had led him outside of the village, he spit on the man's eyes. Y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. But I'm coming anyhow. Look at what the Bible says. The Bible says he spits on the man's eyes. I ain't got time. Let me give you the revelation. What God is saying, I got to put what's in me on you. I can't hit nobody. That if you going to get corrected, if you going to see better, you got to get some of me on you. And here's the good news. I am your father and you have my spiritual DNA anyhow. So if you try to run from me, the good news is you can't run because the Bible said even if you make your bed in hell I'm gonna be there and the good news is is that this is the season for somebody to understand that the reason you go into another level and the reason God is about to put you in purpose is because he's putting what's in him on you and you about to prophesy you about to lay hand you about to heal the sick you about to cast out demons you about to declare it by faith that what's in God is on me can you lift up your hands and declare it right now that what's on God God is on my life. Emmanuel, come on back. Come on back, Emmanuel. Understand. I love him. The boy got the sauce, I tell you. Jesus changes his environment, Kedon. Two, Jesus puts what's in him on the man. This is how he corrects him. And then, I love this, Jesus asked the man, can you see? Do you see that church in the Bible? He says, do you see anything? And the man looked up, said, I see people, but they look like trees walking around. Now, here's my critical uh, 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 examination of the text is that how can a blind man tell what trees look like y'all ain't ready for this preacher so you weren't born blind something happened along the way who i feel in my manual that caused you okay can i talk to somebody and let you know that if you honest that you've been in some places that caused you to lose your sight come on talk to me you you you've been in some places that caused you to lose your perspective and that's what I believe that the Lord is trying to help this man and, and help us understand today that if you've been in a season of your life where you lost your sight if you've been in a season where you've lost your vision, the Lord can progressively correct your eyesight. Oh, I wish I had a church right here. Oh, but I want to tell somebody that I believe that what Jesus does for the man is the same thing, Tiaqua, that he can do for us. It's because the truth is that we are saved. Uh, the truth is, is that we know the Lord. 
Uh, the truth is, is that we've got the Holy Ghost. Uh, but every now and again, even though I'm saved, even though I'm sanctified, and even though I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, there are times in my life when I get tired. There are times in my life where even though I know God, even though I pray, even though I fare, there are times when I can't see how I'm supposed to see. But the good news is, is that if you can't see your purpose, if you can't see who God's called you to be, that the Lord is so good that he don't judge you, that he don't look at you with damnation. He says, let me take you by the hand and let me take you outside of your problem. I can't hear nobody in here. Can you prophesy over your life and say, God is taking me out of this? I can't hear nobody in here. I said, can you prophesy over your life and say it right now that I may not be able to see how and I may not be able to know when, but I declare it by faith that God is taking me out of this. I may not have the money, but God is taking me out of this. I may not know who to call, but God is taking me out of this. And not only will God take me out of it, but once it takes me out of it, he's going to put what's in him on me. Oh, I wish I had somebody that could get excited that God does don't take you out, but it fills you up. I can't get nobody in here. That's the good news for somebody is that when God takes you out, he's not just going to leave you empty, but it's going to fill you up. Can you prophesy over your life and say, God, I need a refill. I can't hit nobody in here. God, I need you to not just take me out, but to fill me up and put what's on your life, on my life. I came to prophesy to your neighbor and tell your neighbor that this is the season that you walk in your next level of the purpose of God. That this is the season where you walk in your next level of God's plan and God's will. And the Bible said that the man couldn't see. And he said it looked like trees walking around. And Jesus said, that's all right. Maybe you can't see. But all you need to walk in your purpose. All you need to walk in my plan. All you need to be what I called you to be is another touch. I can't hit nobody in here. But can you lift up your hand and say, God, when I'm weary, I need another touch. God, when I can't see, I need another 
touch. God, when I'm sad, I need another touch. God, when I'm upset, I need another touch. And I'm so glad, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that I serve a God, not just of another chance, but I serve a God of a third chance. I can't hit nobody in here of a fourth chance. And anytime I need God to give me another touch, he can do it for me. Okay, I'm done. But can you prophesy over yourself and say, I see the bigger picture now. I can't hit nobody in here. Now I see why I went through that problem. Now I see why I had death in the family. Now I see why I lost that job. Now I see why it didn't work out then because it had to work out anyway. For we know that all things, I can't hit nobody in here, work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Can you just lift up your voice and say there's purpose over my life. I can't hit nobody in here. There's purpose over my life and the devil can't stop it. The enemy can't block it. Satan can't destroy it. There is purpose over my life. I said there's purpose over my life. Y'all don't want no preaching. I'm done. Y'all don't want no preaching. It's cool. I'm done. There's purpose over you. Like, give me something soft, Emmanuel. They ain't. They still full from Thanksgiving. You know, if y'all take the brakes off me, I'm trying to. <laughs> they still full. Listen, church, there's, a, there's what I want somebody to understand today. Whew, thank you, Lord. Is that it's time to see the bigger picture? All right. And because there's purpose over your life, you can't get discouraged by the here and now. Amen today, Regina. All right. You can't get discouraged. That's all right. That's good. By the here and now. So what I want you to understand is that God has a way. Oh, I feel this of opening your eyes. That's my prayer today. That's what my, that's what my altar call is today. My prayer today is for people that need a spiritual awakening. That need the Lord to reopen your eyes. Now you ain't going to admit it, but it's all right. Because we all need another touch. Can you say amen today? We all need God to correct the vision. Here it is for two of you that can receive it. He's giving you your vision back. What is that today? Yeah, okay. This is for two of you. You lost your sight because of what happened. And that blinded you of your purpose. But today... God is giving you your vision back. I'm telling you what I'm feeling. He's restoring the vision that they stole. Talk to me. He's giving you back. Oh, there it is. What you gave up. Because when it happened to you, 
you said this ain't God. Talk to me. And the deception of the enemy is to make you feel like because you got some bad things happening that God ain't with you. Hope, but today he's giving you your vision back. Come on, declare it by faith. I'm getting my vision back. Thank you for tuning into the Faith Forward Podcast. We pray that this word has blessed you and drawn you closer to God. If you desire to connect with our church, please visit www.faithmove.org to join the Faith Forward family or become a covenant partner. We pray that God's abundant blessings, his love, his joy, and his peace continue to reign in your life.